fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Today I'm grateful for all the people who love me. Folks, I've had some health challenges the last couple of weeks. I put the pedal to the metal for too long for the last two plus years. And thankfully, because so many people have sent me so much love, I've been able to recover so quickly. So many great prayers, so many great, um, you know, folks, my, my beautiful woman. Uh, she's just the love of my life and, and so incredible such a good heart i don't know where i'd be without her um my son my father my brothers and sisters my all my students and everyone i'm so privileged to work with at the energetic health institute uh great folks at the church of glad tidings i've been receiving so many prayers and uh and i can tell you that god answers these prayers because i'm healed and uh in miraculous time so I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been sending me some love and, and uh, sending some love out there in the world. Uh, it has been felt, it has been received, and uh, I am living proof that prayer does work. So thank you so much. Um, now, I want to let you all know that it's not just prayer, because prayer and faith are the foundation, but we got to have nutrients available for cells to do what they do, right? So one of the things that's been in my heart the last couple of weeks, and I'm glad we're doing it, is uh, we have a book, uh, Energetic Health Volume 1, and we have a particular chapter in the book, and that's going to be Chapter 5, The Art of Eating Healthy, where we have 16 principles for eating healthy. And we give this to all of our, you know, uh, our prospective students and things like that, but we haven't made it available for just free for everybody. And I talked with uh, Jonathan Otto, who's been such a, a, a dear friend of mine and so helpful. And he said, look, man, just give it away. And I, and I said, okay, well, let's, uh, let's I trust you. Let's just go ahead and do it. And I, I got to tell you folks, you can get a copy of this for free. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. Uh, just on the homepage, it's all over the place, but just go in and, and get this and, and read it, not only for the information that's in there, but also for what you might be able to improve upon, because your chances are you're doing quite a few of those 16 things, but there might be a few of them that you didn't really pay too much attention to, and, and we'll explain to you why you should, and you're going to feel the benefit of it. So check it out, get a free copy of The Art of Eating Healthy uh, chapter five out of my book. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to give it all away. I want you to be healthy. We have so many challenges in front of us and we have so many evil people who want you to be sick. And I'm not one of those people. I want you to be healthy and I want to prove it to you. And I want to give it to you. And I, I want you to, I want you to be able to feel what faith and prayer and, and love and, and nutrition all working together can really do to make, uh, give you that life experience that you deserve. So um, I was in prayer this morning, just so grateful for everyone and so grateful for such a rapid recovery. And I got to say, I was told these things, you know, it's important for us to celebrate the service. The service 
uh, to God, it started wearing on me the last few weeks. I just did too much, and I wasn't celebrating that the that I there's an opportunity to serve. So, got the reminder today: celebrate the service. It's not a burden. We don't have to suffer through service. Celebrate the service, and to cast away evil. You know, sometimes evil gets upon us, and we got to cast it away. And I'm casting it away. Get off me, evil! Tell evil to leave, and evil has to obey. And what remains afterwards is love. So let that love remain because that's really all there is and that's really all that matters. So I want to say thank you uh, to everyone who sent me some prayers and, and uh, sent me some love and everything. I really appreciate it. And I'm intensely private, uh, but I'm learning that I'm probably not going to have that luxury anymore in my life and probably don't need it. You know, we have so much work to do to bring love into this world and make sure that it... Um, is represented in a good way. And I'm just honored to be one of the many people doing it. So thank you. So when we come back, folks, from the break, we're going to be joined by special guest, uh, Brian O'Shea, former military intelligence analyst. And he's going to share with us what it looks like this COVID illusion has really all been about. This concept called One Planet, One Health. One Health is the name of the concept. And it's mentioned all throughout the World Health Organization proposed treaty. There are already offices all over the country uh, and throughout our government um, that are One Health offices and, and staffed with people. This has been their objective the whole time. It wasn't about COVID. It wasn't even about the shots. It was about getting One Health erected so that we turned over our freedom and our sovereignty, our inalienable rights, our privacy, our liberty to people who don't deserve it, to people with nefarious goals in mind, and we're going to stop them. That's all that's going to happen. We're going to stop them. See, that's the thing. The truth is always hiding in plain sight. You just got to go and read. So Brian O'Shea is going to share with us what he's found, and I think it's going to drop your jaw, but I think it's also going to make a lot of sense. So we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Sickness is slavery, but health is freedom. So are you ready to take control of your health and rediscover what true freedom feels like? Well, at EHI, we have our next amazing cleansing and fasting course starting on May 20th. Learn what nutrients your cells need to produce energy. Learn how much the nutrients you need for your cells to get into detoxification. Learn how to use bentonite clay and fiber to optimize your digestion and your microbiome and learn how to fast. That very important thing we all have to learn how to do. Our bodies are designed to heal and we can prove it to you. We are going to prove it to you. Learn what every doctor should know. Learn from people who really care and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health and cell cleansing into your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. 
If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Well, joining us today is a very special guest, uh, Brian O'Shea. Now, Brian has some credentials that not many people have. He's a former military intelligence analyst, former government intelligence contractor, and he's the current COO of Centurion Intelligence Partners. And he's been doing something very impressive these last at least few months. It might be even longer than that. He's been doing some private investigative work um, on his own, of his own free will, you know, to find out what's really behind the World Health Organization's attempted global power grab that we're seeing right now, where we're trying to see, we're seeing the WHO try to subvert, you know, nations' constitutions and say, hey, we have the authority to come in and tell you what to do if we declare there's a pandemic or something like that. Um, you know, and what's really crazy is that Brian has been putting his work in, his free, his free time going in on a concept uh, that's supported by the World Bank, but it's called One Health. It's like, while all this COVID stuff was going on and all this arguments over mandates and, and you know, um, whether or not these are vaccines, whether or not they should be mandated, whether or not you should be masked, there was this whole other thing happening behind the scenes called One Health, and it's a concept. And so I'm re we're really lucky to have Brian on today to share with us a little bit more about that concept, start educating us on this, because this, to me, folks, was the whole end game behind this entire bioweapon pandemic. So, Brian, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a treat. It's a treat when we get people who are <laughs> super investigative uh, like myself to come on the show and just make our audience aware of, hey, there's, there's some stuff going on mm -hmm. that we all need to be aware of because uh, the uh, evildoers, in my opinion, are, are busy at work uh, yet again. So if you could give us an overview, you know, what is this concept called One Health? Uh, capital O, capital H, so people can start identifying it when they, when they, if they're reading the World Health Organization Treaty. What is this concept called One Health, and why should freedom-loving people like you and I, uh, and people all around the world who love being free, be worried about it? Um, great, absolutely. It's it's actually very hard to define because the drafters of it continually change the definition, but in as a as best as I can explain it, One Health as defined is this approach to public health, which recognizes the link between animal health, ecosystems, and the health of people. And so really it's this framework for how agencies should operate to think about the natural habitat as well as the human habitat and how they address pandemics mainly. Now that sounds great. Here's the problem. If that's where it stopped, uh, that'd be, that'd be fine. And that, that makes a lot of sense. We all love nature. Mm -hmm. The problem is when you look at the one health frameworks, 
some of these going back a couple decades, but most recent uh, robust uh, framework was written in 2018. They start getting into schools, equity, how communities are built. It overlaps some of the smart cities type of uh, ideology, which we could talk about at another time. Where, to me, really reading this, and now with the announcement of this WHO treaty, uh, in quotes, it looks to me more about taking uh, taking control of land and determining how that land will be used, regardless of who's there, in the interest of global health. So it, it sounds to me like it's kind of, um, we're going to, all the land is ours. You're going to own nothing and like it. We're going to tell you <laughs> yeah. kind of what to do, you know, with this land. And it doesn't matter who's living there. It sounds a lot like what went on um, during westward expansion in the United States. It sounds like a very similar philosophy right here. But what we're going to do instead of taking over the land with guns, we're going to take it over with ideology. We're going to take it over with an idea that we're doing this for your own good. Is that, am I honing in on that? Yeah, I, I think you are. I, I don't think we can, I will say this, I, I don't think we should expect that it won't be with guns because mm. where the One Health framework really goes beyond an ideology is that it is an actual drafted framework that requires the buy-ins of national governments, federal in our case, to implement these One Health strategies to start tackling this impending doom of the pandemic that's to come uh, right away. And the real danger of that is it is crafted in such a way, almost as if they had NHS, but more, more so HHS, United States Health and Human Services, in mind when they wrote it. Because like HHS, the One Health Framework covers climate, it covers crime, it covers food, it covers land, and how these governments will deal with it. And oh, by the way, you're going to need to fund it which means fund us, that being the WHO and the powers that be that work with the WHO towards these global responses that they'd like to see for tackling the next pandemic. Wow. You know, it, what's, so, what's so mind-boggling to me, I, I, I want to I step back for a second and kind of look at the history of infectious disease, all right? It, it, you know, I think Suzanne Humphreys uh, with uh, Dissolving Illusions did a, a beautiful job uh, with some of her graphics on this. And, and she showed conclusively that with the advent of, uh, of indoor plumbing, of uh, stoves and refrigeration, that, you know, in, infectious disease really fell off a cliff, you know, in terms of its, mm -hmm. its severity globally. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, it's like, you know, well, there really hasn't, you know, I, I was arguing with people, I remember in, in 2018, that there really won't be another pandemic in industrialized nations, you know, mm. um, that that's, that's not going to happen. And then I had some people try to tell me, oh, see, you were wrong about that when, when SARS-CoV-2 came around. I said, no, I was really clear. There wouldn't be a naturally occurring pandemic. You know, this was not a naturally occurring pandemic. This was a bioweapon mm, that was exactly. specifically released. So it's, what's interesting to me is when you start erecting these kind of frameworks, what you're essentially saying is we can create a, a, a new pandemic whenever we want. And this has been, I think, the big consternation for me has been these people, we still haven't 
definitively answered, investigated, put people on trial for the most important question, how did this begin? I think it's I think it's conspicuous by its absence how little investigation globally has gone into how this began, gone into Echo Health Alliance, Peter Dasick, gone into Rat G13 sample, gone into these things that people have unearthed, but we don't seem to mm-hmm. be getting any movement. And I think it makes sense now because this is the end game. The end game was always to produce a bioweapon that you could market around the world in a fearful way, get people in line, and now towards the end claim some kind of some kind of um, symbolic victory and also state that the need for a global treaty that subverts in, uh, nations sovereignty and constitutions um, because mm-hmm. this is so greed this is so particular potentially dire that if we don't have a system like this in place then it could fundamentally wipe out the human race and it's like well yeah if you keep trying to play god in a lab you can wipe out the human race. We've seen, you know, I am legend. But what drives me up the wall is how we are not investigating the most important question. How did this begin? Because if we investigate that question, there's no need for One Health. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's, exactly. It's not. We we move away from this framework of of needing nations to surrender their autonomy and into a like, we just need to hold evil people accountable <laughs> you know like we've always done so well and you you hit on a great point but but go ahead yeah well i want to i want to i don't want to take up your talk time so let, let's let's get in this a little more let's get people educated on one health so how does this tie in one health tie into the world health organization's attempted power grab and mm-hmm. is one health specifically mentioned in the treaty because i think that's a, an important point for everybody to be aware of and um and what aspects of one health does are are specifically discussed in the treaty if it's mentioned um so yeah that that's a great question and if i may let me just back up really quickly you'd mentioned holding people accountable that's what Mm -hmm. led me to one health was looking into peter dajic and without going into detail why i was looking into peter dajic since 2016 and I came upon, when after the pandemic hit, I, I came back to him and it's called, yeah, I learned a, a way of doing intelligence analysis called target-centric analysis, where you okay. start with one person, you flesh them out, you see who they're connected to, what they're connected to. And you could do this on a piece of paper with a spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be fancy. That's what I started doing. Then I came across this one health. Now, I hate to give the good stuff right up front here, but I was shocked when I saw that One Health was drafted by the World Bank and the EcoHealth Alliance. And, and so- and for, for everybody, can you connect Peter Daszczyk and EcoHealth Alliance for everybody? Because this is a name some people are familiar with, but some people aren't. Absolutely. So Peter Daszczyk, he is the CEO of the EcoHealth Alliance, which is based in New York City, and it has offices throughout New York. And really, the EcoHealth Alliance is supposedly a nonprofit that uh, their job is to, you know, research the connectivity between natural spillover and pandemics and animal health and human health. Uh, Dazak himself has always had an affinity for nature. I, I'll give him that. It's, it's, it's very organic affinity for nature and primarily with bats. So he had been in Wuhan researching bat coronaviruses, which are just thousands of them 
um, for many, many years. Uh, so that, that was no surprise. That was no, uh, nothing really to write home about. Everyone knew that he, he was kind of considered and still is the foremost expert where it got really, really kind of suspicious and where he really ended up on people's radars is in early 2020 when the WHO assembled an investigative team to go to Wuhan and start investigating the, um, the outbreak, uh, what happened there. Peter Daszak was put as the leader of the investigative team, but he had been working at that lab with Xi Jingli, who's known as the bat lady, that is the Wuhan um, virologist. I was uh, working over there on this with you know, another American named Ralph Barrick. They, they all work together. You can find their documents, their collaborators on different research. So he was essentially tasked to investigate his own facility or the facility he you know, had been working at. And of course, he right. came back with the conclusion, oh, no, this did not escape from the lab. It came from bats and spilled over into the human population. And that's really who Dajak is. It really hit the national stage when uh, in May of 2021, uh, Rand Paul was had a hearing with Fauci there. And Fauci had said, we didn't fund any of this research in Wuhan. And Rand Paul said, yes, you did. You have the Eco Health Alliance and with Peter Dajak, and he's been going back and forth nonstop. So what had happened was NIH, along with DARPA, along with BARDA, along with so many other government organizations, they had been funding uh, the Eco Health Alliance with Peter Dajak at the helm. He would then go to China to do the research alongside the uh, Chinese counterparts at the Wuhan lab. And if you look at the reports, they have it as if this is parallel funding. Well, it's, you know, you got the Chinese government funding part of it and Eco Health Alliance. So they were kind of like a middleman, almost like a bagman. But that's just not the right. case. Yeah. Right. So, let, so just to give it a quick sum up for everybody. So you have three key features, three key actors mm -hmm. in the United States. You have Ralph Barrick at North Carolina Chapel Hill. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, of course, uh, Peter Daszak, Echo Health Alliance, and you have mm -hmm. uh, Anthony Fauci with the NIH. You have these three characters working collaboration. You have Anthony Fauci lying to Congress and saying that the United States, that he did not allocate any of the U.S. taxpayer uh, dollars. Uh, that was, of course, an expose done by Rand Paul, also Newsweek, mm -hmm. um, po uh, posted on this. There was at least $7.4 million confirmed that Fauci sent directly to the Wuhan Institute of uh, Virology, specifically to study bat coronaviruses. Um, this is all documented. Um, and, and you have uh, Peter Daszak, the head who, along with, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing her name, uh, Dr. Lee, the, the bat lady, um, yeah, Xi Jing. It's a. Xi well, Xi it, it, you could do it both ways. It's Xi Zheng Li or Zheng Li Xi. What, whatever. We all know who she's talking about, right? That, that, that mm -hmm. lady. And what they end up doing is they enter in uh, this. Uh, Dr. Stephen Quay uh, brought this up in his Bayesian analysis that proved conclusively, in my opinion, that this was uh, lab originated, lab uh, derived. Uh, mm -hmm. He. He isolated this to a specific sample called RAT G13. And mm -hmm. the RAT G13 sample was entered into the um, database, the international database, along with eight other samples that actually did come from bats. So it was just kind of entered a few years before all this went down. 
you know, and, and, and it, this is the red herring that we've been looking for is that rat G 13 sample. But the connection for the audience is really simple. Fauci uses American taxpayer money to fund DASIC. DASIC and Barrick are working collaboratively with, uh, with doctors and, and scientists from China. They move because there's a moratorium on gain-of-function research in the United States. Mm -hmm. They move research over to the Chinese lab, and then you get the lab leak theory. And that's a nice way of saying that it's not intentional when, by all accounts, it looks to be intentional when you understand this end game that One Health is, that this is all a planned operation of, re of developing a bioweapon, releasing a bioweapon, profiting off the bioweapon in, in the way of mRNA technology that we know doesn't prevent infection, doesn't prevent hospitalization, doesn't prevent death, does injure people significantly, and all the while creating the, the apparent need for such a thing as a One Health concept, like, oh, this world is now a scary place. Pandemics are just going to crop up out of nature, out of the blue, mm -hmm. even though that's never happened yep. before. We need to have a structure in place that is funded and whereby every country subverts themselves to a, the World Health Organization when the World Health Organization deems it that there is a pandemic. It's not an accident then when you connect the final dot that Bill Gates is the, mo is the biggest donor of the World Health Organization. So who's the president of the world or the, not president, the emperor of the world? Bill Gates is positioning himself to be that under the guise mm -hmm. of humanitarian activity. Am I, am I, or, or am I crazy? Am, or is no, you're certainly not crazy. Um, we, do, we don't have an answer yet. Uh, I will say this, the only thing I would uh, maybe not even counter with, but just kind of throw in there, you know, having worked in the government for a long time, both in military intelligence as a soldier for 11 years with special forces. So I always, I had a clearance from the time I was 18 years old and then going as a government contractor to major agencies in Maryland and Washington, DC or Northern Virginia area. I do know that uh, normally there's never one big plan in a room that kind of branches out and they, they start doing their tasks. Normally there will be a plan such as One Health. Yeah, we want to have authority over governments so we can control really who, who owns the land. And then there's, then there's what I like to call the opportunist or the parallel uh, motivations. So Big Pharma might say, hey, you know, we have a vaccine. Can we have a piece of that too? You can make everyone take it. And then another organization might say, hey, we don't like our neighboring country. Can you take their land? So there, there tend to be a lot of, and that's, that's how governments run. So for instance, when the first, uh, let's say for instance, the first drone came out, I flew it, it was loud, it was a big propeller thing. And you can put as many packets on that as you want, meaning a signals intelligence packet, a thermal imaging packet. They all pile on and this thing carries it. So usually the core plan, everyone jumps on that like a moving train and, and they try to you know, get their, their, their beak wet, so to speak. And that's, that, that's what you see a lot of. And then there's also parallel motivations, uh, whereas I really doubt China is really happy or even into the idea of being part of a ruling bureaucracy because they are a nationalist country. And their plan is to literally rule the world by 2049 as detailed in Forbes and many, many publications. Um, so I think they go along with it for now. 
but that's good. They're going to run headlong into it. That's a whole other subject. But yes, I think you really captured it well. But I do want to say this, and just stop me if, if I go on too long, but I do want to say this. I used to think like Peter Daszak was coming up with this alibi, like they, they made this virus, they screwed up, it got out. Okay, that seems plausible. But now that I, I know more about uh, what's going on with One Health, but now especially since the announcement of this WHO treaty, which they're actually voting on on the 22nd of May, I'm realizing that his whole defense of the spillover, I think, had less to do with having an alibi and more to do with keeping this project going. They had their opportunity, whether it was an accidental leak or an intentional leak. I feel it was definitely a leak, but they didn't want to lose the momentum of this because there's so many countries who've invested so much in this. If all of a sudden it's a lab leak and not a nature spillover scenario. It does undermine his entire thesis behind One Health, which is nature spills over into humans and vice versa. That's why we need One Health. So I think he had a bigger goal, and that was to keep the One Health moving forward. Mm. Well, they say, you know, never let a crisis, a good crisis go to waste, right? <laughs> yes. So. I, I think it's totally plausible what you're suggesting here, Brian, of, of there's, a, there's a structure, a framework, a concept, right? One health. And mm -hmm. then there's opportunists. And I, it makes sense when you study Chinese uh, military history, it makes sense for them to say, well, let, let them organize the world into this one health thing, and then we'll take over when, we, when we're ready to push the button to take over. Spot All the infrastructure on. will have been laid. It's like, we don't have to do mm -hmm. the work. It, it, it makes sense. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's how, uh, it's, when you study Chinese military, I mean, they're, they're the first ones to use bioweapons, uh, the Chinese that we have in recorded history. You know, um, you know, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, launching, you know, people, lepers over the, over, in a catapult over, <laughs> yeah, over walls, right. right? I mean, they, they, well, and they, they also, they, they also believe in using the enemy's sword against them. It's the, exactly. It's yeah. a brilliant, it's a, it's a brilliant, I mean, you know, come on, Sun Tzu, let's, let's not kid ourselves. When mm -hmm. is the art of war really, you know, um, codified? It's, it's not codified, but, um, you know, elucidated. It's going to be in Sun Tzu and there's brilliance in it. There's absolute brilliance in it when, when war is the objective and when destruction exactly. is the objective. So um, we're going to take a short break and come back. I want to get a little bit more into One Health, specifically what's in the treaty, specifically, you know, what, where, where, you know, where it is in the United States already, which offices. I know you want to talk about agricultural uh, department, mm -hmm. things like that. I want to, I want people to be aware of it so they can be on the lookout for One Health and, and we can start turning our attention to what I, in my opinion, is the real end game, One Health. This was all about getting One Health into not only um, motion action, you know, encoded in, in a, a World Health Organization treaty, it, it wasn't just about that. It was about doing what was necessary to freak people out to ask for it. Like, this has been the biggest thing I think they've learned since 9-11, which was, you know, if, if people, will people will rush to you to surrender their freedom if they're afraid. And all we have to do is create the crisis, create the fear, and people will rush to give it away. We don't have to use bullets and, and we mm -hmm. don't have to use gas chambers and anything like that any, anymore. We can get people to lock themselves up in their homes. We could, all we have to do is stoke that fear that's in them. That, and, and, you know, and, and I think this is where it comes down to we have to start 
really educating our children more than anyone else on the joy and the potency of courage you know and how to enact it at all times because to me this all all of this all these illusions fade away and, and crumble when we are courageous when we're like look i'm not afraid of being sick i'm not afraid of dying i'm not afraid of i'm not afraid of the things that you need me to be afraid of so that you can mm -hmm. take control of my life you know what i mean you know yeah. what i'm saying like that's to me the 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 challenge between good and evil right now we'll be right back with more energetic health radio and uh brian o'shea uh to talk about one health right after these messages so folks, I uh, got some good news for you. Uh, Redfield, Azar, Moyer, Walensky, Becerra, uh, these are all the CDC and HHS and NBSS directors that your generosity has helped get served. We have served these people thanks to your generosity with COVID-Con, thanks to your generosity with COVID-Con and beyond, thanks to your donations, your dollars have gone to make a difference. And we have filed the first grand jury petition in federal court naming names, naming these five for starters, Redfield, Azar, Moyer, Walensky, Becerra, naming names and serving them to put them on notice that we are coming after you. We're coming after you and we are going to see to it that you are investigated properly by an independent grand jury. And it's because of your generosity that we've been able to do this. Thank you so much. Now, uh, this past, this weekend, we have a great event going on uh, uh, through today and through uh, the weekend uh, called COVIDCon and Beyond. If you haven't been able to attend and you're listening to this, you're listening to this on a podcast, check us out. Go to beyondthecon.com, beyondthecon.com. You still can register. You can still get access to the videos and learn three important factors for yourself. Hope, health, and freedom and how they're all intimately related. You can listen to Dr. David Martin, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Carrie Madej, Kevin Jenkins, Tom Renz, and yours truly discuss. I'm going to be sharing folks on Saturday. I'm going to be sharing some stuff on what we've learned so far about helping children who've been injured by the shots. Again, how are we able to do that? Because of your generosity. Your dollars are going to make a big difference. Your dollars are going to make sure that criminals are investigated. Your dollars are going to ensure that children get the help that they need, that families get the help they need. So go to beyondthecon.com. Donations, we appreciate everything. Register for the event. All the money goes to make a difference. I want you to know that we can't do it without you, but with you, we can accomplish miracles. Thank you so much for all you're doing. And we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Let the silent voices be heard. It was the rallying call that started it all. It's a wide spectrum of programming, from world and political news to societal and cultural stories. Six amazing years of news blogs, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol, a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. 
The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. All right, welcome back, everyone. And uh, I, I just want to get into One Health. I, I there's so much I want to learn about it. There's so much to learn about it. Uh, and we have the person who's most knowledgeable, I think, in the world on it, at least on our side, <laughs> on the good guy's side, right? Uh, Brian O'Shea, uh, former military intelligence analyst. Um, so, uh, Brian, um, first of all, once again, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for all the the research you're doing on this. Just you know out of your own curiosity, your own heart, and, and thank you for sharing what you've learned so far with us. Um, what I'm yeah, looking no at is I, I, I want to get into just some basic questions. So I feel like I have a good understanding of this. The audience feels like they have a good understanding of this. And of course, there's more to talk about. So we'll bring you back on a future show um, to, to get more, especially after the, uh, some point after the World Health Organization, hopefully the treaty fails. Um, but uh, I, I don't have any faith that it will, but mm. let's, let's, let's hold out hope. So first and foremost, um, who authored this One Health concept? Well, the One Health concept itself came about in 1947. And it, it was originally called uh, One Medicine. And the same idea of animals and, and humans are interconnected. There's been several iterations of uh, you know, this concept. It's come and gone since World War II. Now, in 2018, that is probably the most robust framework written out. And that was written by the World Bank Group and mm -hmm. EcoHealth Alliance in 2018. And I'll certainly share that document with you. Um, and in that, they lay out everything from ecosystems, climate change, you name it. So they want to be masters of the entire domain that is Mother Earth. That's, that's what this is about, is we want to be in control of everything. And of course, it's for altruistic purposes, right? It's, it's couldn't, there could be no nefarious misuse of this concept, right? Oh, of course not. And, you know, don't forget this is nature and how, how dare you say anything against it. It's also great salesmanship because good sales gives you something that reaches into your heart and really tugs at your heartstrings, but it mm -hmm. also gives you a deadline. And as you've seen, the crisis is right around the corner. We need to do this now. Well, they, they got me. I want to save polar bears, right? I, I don't want to <laughs> see animals go extinct. So sure, let's, let's, let, I should definitely consider giving away my freedom and letting a central organization like a non-governmental organization like the World Health Organization, which I have no ability to petition or hold any of them accountable. That's one of my big problems with it. If, if the World mm. Health Organization declares a, a global plan, pandemic um, and that it was a, you know, something grown in a lab, who do I get to petition for my freedom? I mean, if, if, if they're now superseding my constitution of my country, the constitution that I've pledged allegiance to, right? Who do I get to, who do I get to mm -hmm. say, exactly. and, 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 and which court gets to decide 
that grievance. You know, that's the thing about the United States. That's what I love about the grand jury system. Every mm -hmm. single citizen in this country has a right to petition the court for a redress of grievance. That's what our founding fathers understood they were, they were fighting against when they separated from England, right? I mean, that, this mm -hmm. is, we've learned yeah. this lesson already. <laughs> you know, tyranny is tyranny, even if it's marketed better than it was in the, in the 17, 16 and 1700s. So um, World Health Day, there, we just had a World Health Day. Uh, Xavier Becerra, one of the people that we served, um, head of the Health and Human Services Department, we served him with the grand jury petition, named him as a defendant in the petition. He said something that rang some alarm bells for you. Tell everybody about what World Health Day was and, and what was said that really um, made you very concerned. Well, World Health Day is like any large uh, you know, sector type of day. We're celebrating all of our great efforts for world health and, and look at all the great stuff we did to keep you from getting less sick from the pandemic. It's, it's a way for these, it's a symposium where people get together you know, big professional get together type thing. Um, here are the things that stuck out. So Becerra, the director of health and human services. And for those that don't know, health and human services is above it all. They're above NIH. They're above FDA. They're, they're responsible for crime, equity, nature, you name it. And so what he said, he first, of course, applauded Biden for leadership. And then um, he went into, this is the first thing that, um, he said, Senate's, you know, while we are grateful for the Senate's work on a 10 billion bipartisan plan to help meet some of the country's COVID needs, significantly more is needed to fund both our domestic response and our global response. Now, right there, he's asking for the money, but he's also erasing borders with that statement. And he goes on further. This is the part I, I circled. This virus knows no borders. And it's in our national interest to vaccinate the world and protect against variants. Hold on a second. It's in our national interest <laughs> to, <know>. to <laughs> vaccinate the world, okay, with mm -hmm. a mRNA vaccine that's not a vaccine, it's genetic modification that injures people and doesn't prevent infection. Wow. Wow. Well, not only that, it's in our national interest to not have borders. Is it's our yeah, of course it's in our national. You know, of course, that's in our national interest. It's in our that's, national that's interest not to have nationalism. Right. It's in our national interest to not have nationalism. Okay, that that, that makes sense. So um, when we when we're talking about this, this because that's deeply concerning, right? Because they're they're saying mm -hmm. like now we need the funding for this, and of course, who well, better more. to fund this than the, than the architects? Oh well. Go ahead. What, what else? Was May there? I? <laughs> yeah, please, please. Sorry. Um, so they, he goes on. I'm not reading his whole thing, but he says, just one year into the Biden-Harris administration, the United States is leading the effort to strengthen the international health regulations, which that was a new one for me, of 2005. I don't have those in front of me. Here's where he says it. And in the spirit of one planet, one health, I couldn't be prouder of the way President Biden and the United States have led the world in the fight against COVID. Wow. So he's now, specifically now mentioning One Health. Well, one World, One Health. One Planet, One Health. Now, what's really significant about that is he, that's the exact quote that goes back decades. The, some of the original documents and, and symposiums and meetings about this were titled One Planet, 
one health. He is signaling to his partners, we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. The, the truth is always hiding in plain sight, isn't it? And they're always yep. giving away all their plans if you know what you're looking for. And that's, that's where you come in so handy. You've been doing the research and you know what you're looking at. You know that that's not just a catchphrase that they came up with a couple of days ago. <laughs> that's something that's been the plan for decades. Now, when, when we talk about One Health, one of the things that you shared with me in our off, uh, off uh, pre-production, if you will, uh, conversations has been that it's already here. One Health is our, mm. there are already departments in our government that have One Health departments and, and funding and people assigned to roles and positions. Can you give our audience an example of where One Health already exists in our government so quietly um, growing like a weed? Um, growing like a weed everywhere, everywhere. So for instance, you know, I literally, while we're talking, I'm just doing this live. And if you just type in one health with quotes around it and look for government web only on government websites, which I'm doing right now, because I just want to read the latest because it seems like they add a new office all the time. I do know Tennessee state of Tennessee has a one health department. CDC has a massive one health department. They seem to be the front man. NIH uh, has a giant one health division, uh, the department of agriculture, um, many, many, right down to U.S. counties across states, uh, it seems to be everywhere. And, it, it, and there's, even, there's even One Health Institutes that seem to have been around for quite some time. But what's really, really interesting about all of those One Health Institutes, they happen to be the same places where all of Peter Dajek's colleagues work. So, what? That's a little yes, winky dink. UC Davis, uh, Angela Rasmussen, that is one of his defenders uh, th- throughout this one of uh, this pandemic. Um, it seems to be in all the same locations as they have these bat labs. And that's the bat one health. We could talk about that some other time, but um, they, they all coincide with that. And every time there's a big one health thing, announcement, press release, it seems to be Peter Daszak who's cheering it on or quoted in it throughout this entire mm-hmm. thing. And I just want to say the most dangerous thing, because I missed this earlier, One Health, really the concept is simple. And he, he actually, Daszak actually said this, I believe it was in a TED Talk back when he used to wear his khaki zoo costume. Um, he actually said, basically said buffer zones, like the way to do this, we, we need some space between these humans and animals. What does that sound like to you, Dr. Ely? To me, it sounds like someone's going to get kicked off their land. It, it but sounds, it's for global health. It, it sounds like westward expansion. It sounds like we, this is, you have something there. You have some precious mining resources that we need to get to for semiconductors or whatever. And mm-hmm. we're going to, and we're going to kick you off that land um, because you, sh- you don't understand the value of the land you have relative to this world economy. And we're going to use this buffer zone, one health nonsense as a way to do it. And if that doesn't drive you off, we'll just release a new bioweapon into your, into your community. And that'll give the World Health Organization a chance to step up and, and say, oh, another global pandemic because things are because we, we didn't have any pandemics for a long time, but now we're having them every couple of years because we can plan them out, right? This mm-hmm. is, see, this yeah. is the fundamental concern I'm having right now listening to this, Brian, is that they're erecting a structure to give 
unilateral authority to a non-governmental organization heavily funded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right? This, this, is, mm-hmm. this is deeply concerning. And where I'm, what I'm really concerned about is that if these are the same people that created the bioweapon and Daszak, Barrick, Fauci, and friends, they're all in this group, then that means that they have other bioweapons planned. And if they have other bioweapons planned, then that means that they have it laid out of how they're going to release um, these periodically to lower population. It wasn't an accident that this particular bioweapon really targeted people who were in poor health and people who were at advanced age. Mm-hmm. It's not an accident. It's not an accident that the shots are targeting uh, uh, people in the age range of 18 to 39. And that we have such an unexpected rise in deaths for people who have been, uh, who've received those shots. You know, I just, it, it, you know, you look at this and you're like, this is really messed up. That, that this is, you have all this ability to influence and all this ability to lead the world in, in any direction you want because you have tremendous resources. And this is the direction you're choosing to lead the world. You're choosing yeah. to lead the world into, into horror, you know, into horror and, and, and fear, and fear, yep. and it's it, it, this is it, it's unconscionable to me. So, um, you know, I want to give you final thoughts on. Uh, we have about a few more minutes left in this segment. I just want to give you final thoughts. Tell us what, what, because I, I never like to just you know raise fear and alarm in, in people. Mm-hmm. What can what can we do? What can we do about One Health right now, even if it's just getting educated and, and learning more about it so that we can start plotting strategies? But in your opinion, you're a brilliant mind, brilliant analyst, right? What can Thank we you. do about One Health right now? Well, what you can do about One Health right now, you said it, is the very first thing people need to know is, is it, that it exists. People, more people, I, would, I should say, should need to get themselves educated on not only what One Health is, but where their tax money is going. Because they might think they're saving a polar bear, but then that polar bear gets a dollar and the other 99 is going to special interest banks, everything like that, who are setting up their next golf course in the buffer zone. Really, you have to read everything. You have to make it part of your daily routine, just like if you're trying to get back in shape. Wake up every morning and and go in and learn how to do Google advanced searching, get on the mailing list for the NIH. I mean, that's some of the biggest indicators. They're not hiding this stuff. They just know people don't read anymore. And so that's why it's so easy to find. So for instance, what I, I have all, every office in the NIH, I get every update on every outbreak in any part of the world. And that will give you patterns and start recognizing the patterns. Uh, the one final thought I'll say in education is if it sounds crazy, it might be, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. Like my idol, Sherlock Holmes, and I'm not being kitschy or anything, but Sherlock Holmes method, and this is how I look at things. I eliminate hypotheses. Okay. Mm-hmm. I eliminate them because it's normally what you don't see. What's not there is the thing you need to find. So when people talk about this outbreak and this outbreak and, oh my God, the variants and everything, you need to be looking at any disease that comes from animals. Like, for instance, there are, there's a ton of cases of rabies uh, coming through the country right now. Mm-hmm. It, that all goes to One Health. And um, so there's that. And then, look, what can they do? Get involved with your local community. This, this war, for lack of a better term, is fought at the local level. Find out who your local county board of health is hiring 
find out their background, find out if they're even qualified, if they're even licensed, check their licensing status and raise hell if they're not. You have to constantly prune the tree of liberty and get rid of the bad apples. You know, that, that's really well said. One of the things that's always been concerning for me in the last couple of years has been seeing the number of public health directors at state uh, levels who aren't even doctors. You know, it, it bothers me that you have someone like Anthony Fauci who is, hasn't, the next time he treats a COVID patient will be his first one. You mm-hmm. know, and these are the people making decisions. And it's like, well, Xavier Becerra is not a doctor. He's not a doctor, right? How are these people getting into these positions when they're not qualified for? You're not qualified for these positions. And what we've seen very clearly in the last two years, in my opinion, is the mentality, the, the philosophy of war, where we are talking about acceptable casualties, um, infiltrating that philosophy has infiltrated medicine. Medicine was always about do no harm. But now mm-hmm. we're seeing that, oh, well, it's just acceptable casualties. Well, some people are going to die. Well, some people are going to be injured by the shot. Oh, well, some people are, are not going to make it. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, well, that's not really, it's, it, they're, they're two really completely divergent philosophies, you know, healing and, and, and war. And, you know, I, I, I have seen the ethos of, of war now becoming, you know, um, the adopted ethos of, of, of the healing arts of, of, and of medicine in general. It's deeply concerning for me because it's not what we're about. It's certainly not what we've been taught um, to be about. And I think the only thing that it can bring is, is true calamity. And I think the fundamental question, Brian, that you're raising here, you know, whether it's called One Health or whatever, you know, I mean, One Health is clearly what it, it is called. We have to get down to a fundamental question. And that is, do we want people with no governmental designation in a far off land being able to tell us what we can and cannot do with our freedom and our lives. I mean, that's what it comes down. I I, I am beside myself thinking that the World Health Organization can give anything other than guidance. Um, And Mm -hmm. and for this basic reason, there is no right. I have no avenue for a redress of grievance. If the, if the World Health Organization shuts down my local community and causes me to lose business and causes me to lose my house and my family to go destitute because they made a mistake on something, I have no redress. I have no avenue to get those grievances acknowledged and, and addressed and to be compensated for my losses. I'm basically told now to go kick rocks because someone who's not even an American told me what I could do with my freedom. Exactly. I think that's a, exactly. And I think so we, 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 there's so much complexity to all this. You know what I'm saying? We have to stop making things so complex and get it down into simplicity. The simplicity of I'm a free sovereign being that mm-hmm. comes with risks. And I accept those risks, but I do not accept. And I, and I have never agreed to turning over my citizenship and, and, the, and the rights that I have within my citizenship in this country to any other authority, not even a corrupt government. Um, and I think we have to, we're coming to this fundamental moment of truth for us all where we're going to have to decide, do we want to live free and accept the risks? Or do we want to surrender to the fear that these illusionists have created for us, you know, for the, mm-hmm. of course, for their own well-being. So I, I really thank you so much for all you're doing in this. Keep us, keep me apprised of, of, of new uh, revelations with this. But I everyone, certainly will. 
let's, uh, let's make sure that we take a show like today and use it for what it should be, educational, so that we can now be aware of what the real end game is. The real end game has always been about control. The real end game is called One Health. And we have to do everything we can to make sure we stop it. And one of the best ways we can do that is by being educated and demanding that our dollars do not go to it. So, um, Brian, thank you so much. We'll bring you back. Uh, we'll bring you back in the future when you have some more information for us. And um, but I really appreciate everything that you shared here today. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for bringing attention to One Health. All right, folks. Well, here are my final thoughts. First of all. Thank you for bearing with me. Hopefully the sound quality is okay today. I'm recording from a hotel room. We're getting ready for COVID con and beyond. And, you know, I want to make sure I'm getting you good information always. So the truth is always hiding in plain sight. It's something I've come to learn over the last 10 years or so. But it's hiding in plain sight when you ask questions. Most people want to be told what to think. They don't want to read and think for themselves. And this is what we have to undo. Then we have to have the courage to take one final step, the courage to change our mind in the presence of new information, the courage to stand for what's right, the courage to reject the doctrines of fear that demand we surrender that which God has given us to those infected by greed and evil. Make no mistake, there is evil out there. And if you haven't figured that out yet, I got sad news for you. You're going to have a rude awakening very soon. But it doesn't matter that evil exists. What matters is what we do about it and what we do about it with love in our hearts. That's what matters. So remember that our path to victory has four divine challenges for us all. To take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. May our Creator shine His divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of His warm embrace. Next week, we're going to have something special. I think we're going to be talking about the art of eating healthy. I want to really share this with you and get this out to you that you don't have to give in to this evil. You don't have to give it an inch. And you can do it in the most peaceful and loving way. Resist. Resist with every delicious bite you take and with all the wonderful lifestyle practices you put in that go to help strengthen your health. Folks, I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm here. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I want to make sure that our children have a future. I want to make sure that our children have hope in that future. And I want to make sure that our children have sovereignty, liberty in that future so that they can pursue the dreams that they have without having to ask so until next week, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. And I wish you aloha. And I say to you, adios. Adios.